You only get one life. Why would you not want to experience narcotics? Better call FedEx, because I'm about to ship my pants. Yes, Jean. How's it going? I am so tired. I have slept so little in the past three days. It's depressing. I agree. <clears throat> I'm. I'm. Angry Children about are it. awful. Mm-hmm. Don't have them. Just don't do it, Sean. Whatever you do, don't have a kid. Don't okay. have a son. I won't. I definitely will not have a son, and I will not name him after a missionary. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really. If you were going for that, that's the best way to not do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. <clears throat> Anyways, um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Monster Energy drink because I'm dying. If I had any amount of whiskey this morning, I would fall asleep in this chair. I guarantee it. I I avoided it like the plague. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. There will be zero amount of alcohol consumption for me this morning. I am drinking the last of my. Not Elijah Craig. Um, Evan Williams. Perfect. The last of my Evan Williams. Oh, yes, Evan. That I spent 30 bucks on over a month ago. So, like, I I, I am not unhappy with the, uh, uh, the monetary Purchase. efficiency of this particular, this particular drink. I gave away... What was that whiskey that you told me to buy that I told you I hated? Was it the Aberfeldy 12? No, Aberfeldy no, is delicious. It was the, gl- the Aberfeldy is delicious. The uh-huh. Glenfiddich 12. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm still very tired of the Glenfiddich 12. <clears throat> I gave that to uh, a co-worker of mine, an old, uh-huh. older gentleman uh-huh. by the name of I'm Not Telling You. Ah, yes. I'm not doxing him on the internet. You people that will find <laughs> it. This guy's not named Terry. Um, <laughs> um, and... Uh, I gave it to him, and he said it's one of the best whiskeys that he's ever had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good. And he goes, do you want it back? I was like, no. And he goes, yeah. I looked up how much it cost, and I said, I know. That's why I gave it to someone who would drink it. <laughs> yeah, you're literally the it. only person on the planet who doesn't like Glenfiddich. <laughs> I, I could be. Well, for the record, uh, I would like to try some other <clears throat> Glenfiddich just because um, this mm-hmm. one is the um, – it's the one that was – cast in a different kind of barrel mm-hmm. um gosh darn it it was not in wine barrels it was something sherry no no a lot, a was... lot of them are done in sherry barrels. Sherry cabinets i don't remember but i remember it made it a little bit different and it made it an, an extremely vanilla tasting bourbon and i um didn't want it mm. so i didn't keep it <clears throat> Yeah, well, it would have to be finished in something in, in in something different, just because in order to be bourbon, it has to be a new barrel. So it has to it has to be has to be done. Um, uh, it has to be aged in a new barrel. It can be finished in a in another barrel, but um. Uh, well, this one was finished inside of an entire barrel of vanilla, is my assumption, hmm. without taking out the vanilla because it tastes so much like <clears throat> vanilla. Okay, okay, but hear me out. Hear me out. Mm. Mm. Finish. A whiskey 
like a good whiskey, like not crap. And you're gonna understand what I mean when I say crap. But f- take a whiskey, take make a good, really good bourbon, and then finish it in a barrel made of cassia wood. I don't know what cassia wood tastes like. I've never mm-hmm. eaten any. You sure have. At the very least, you've eaten the bark of it. I've had the bark of the cassia tree. Yes, the bark of the cassia tree, commonly referred to as cinnamon. That would be... So you just get a giant bottle of Fireball? Yeah, but good. <laughs> but good. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm not going to knock on Fireball. I actually like it. <laughs> I like Fireball just fine. Mm-hmm. I did do the thing that was the Facebook conspiracy thing when everyone's like, if you get COVID, <laughs> your Fireball. And I did. And you know it helped? Mm-hmm. I don't think it cured anything, and not that I know of, but it definitely helped. <laughs> Aerate fireball into your lungs, kids, after you do your heroin. <clears throat> now, it's probably um, safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the. There's the big thing going around all, that people used to do a lot, and it was fireball and cream soda, and I I did that, and I liked it. Yeah, I I I, I think we had that together mm-hmm. in my house at one point. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It was good just to try it. It was pretty good. It was um. It was a summer drink. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then and then someone made fireball cupcakes at your house. That was and and our that mother was Yes. <laughs> yeah. Our mother came in and said, Hey mother, try the fireball cupcake. I said, okay. And she picked up the the cupcake. She said, Now you guys cooked all the alcohol out of this, right? Our mother is definitely a teetotaler. And I yes. um, uh, said, so you guys cooked all the alcohol out of this, right? I said, oh, yeah, definitely. It's all cooked out. She said, took a bite of it. She said, wow, that's really good. And then your wife, your <laughs> great, wonderful person uh, who is your wife, said, we didn't cook the icing. <laughs> the icing is very much not a cooked thing that you do not cook. For the record, too, those were absolutely yeah. delicious. And mom would have eaten five of them if she wouldn't have said that out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> mom would have been in an interesting state because <laughs> they were strong. <clears throat> Man, I want fireball cupcakes now. Those are actually very, very good. We were talking too much about alcohol this morning. <clears throat> yeah, also, I have to say this. Kids, this is why you pace yourselves. Uh, like, like spread out what you're doing. Like, I understand if you want to be in a social situation. In a social situation, you want to drink a whole lot. Here's all I'm going to say. I have never been drunk in my life. I have. N- I never intend to be. I. If I ever am, it will not be on purpose. That night, I drank more or consumed more alcohol. I guess most of it was because you guys made way too many Jello shots and they were good, so I ate them. They were but, so good. Yeah, but I consumed more alcohol in that setting, that uh, that dinner party, whatever you want to call it, than I ever have in any other setting in my life. And it was more than enough than what would have caused me to be drunk, but I spread it out. Don't just do it all at once. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a lot, spread it out. <laughs> Same goes with heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and get the uh, don't don't use the American stuff either. Go to get the get, get the Vietnamese stuff. It's better. Oh, the heroin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> That's why so many Vietnam veterans um uh, died of overdoses once they made it back to the states because they want they started doing heroin for some reason when they were over in vietnam 
Um, uh, and then it was really good there. Yeah, it was. And then so they would get you know they use heroin and they'd get high and whatever. And they'd come back to the United States and the stuff here was so weak that to get the same high they just had to use so much of it to to get the same effect that they got from the Vietnamese heroin Ugh. that they wound Thanks, up using. American drug dealers. Yeah, they used too much, overdosed, and died. You know, we don't do disclaimers on the show very often. Um, <laughs> but I feel unnecessary when coming. We've never done heroin. Um, and we, we honestly don't recommend you do it either. We don't actually recommend you do any heroin. We, you should stay away from heroin. <laughs> We've talked so much about heroin today. I'm just realizing how many times it's been brought up. The only heroin you should do is uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Mm, they're really good. They're all really good. <clears throat> Don't we have a topic? Yeah, we do. Isn't that shocking? We do. We do, yes. It's the the topic is the case of Charles Dexter Ward. The curious case. No, that's no, not just, just the case. Just no. the case. Yeah, the I always cur- want to say the curious case yeah. because of the, Benjamin Button. The curious case of Benjamin Button. And then I wanted to keep wanting to say the uh, the strange case. And that's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <clears throat> or or um, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. By the way, way, by the way, so if you don't happen to know, if you and you may or may not, you probably know this, but if you don't know this, this is going to surprise the crap out of you to learn. Do you know who wrote The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Before you finish your sentence, I think anything would probably uh, something the crap out of me, uh, but go uh, ahead. Yes, but do you know who wrote The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Um, I feel like I should know. It was Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, that doesn't surprise the crap out of me. It, I, I can understand. Yeah, if you wouldn't have known that, it's very surprising because that's yeah. not exactly his MO. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, <laughs> my favorite Robert Louis Stevenson book Jeez. is Kidnapped, not Treasure Island, by the way. Um, uh, <clears throat> Mine was the other way around. Kidnapped was boring. I hated Kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You made me You made me read Kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I did. It was because it was good. A very, very long time ago. I did mm-hmm. not care for that book. Mm-hmm. Bored the crap out of me. Granted, I was like 11, but <clears throat> bored the crap out of me. Which Anyways. basically makes this funny story way funnier because you were nine. You were like, check out this book by Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, you nine-year-old. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I'm freaking 30, Tyler. Yeah, I know. It I was alive when it happened. Yeah. You know, they didn't hit me. It didn't hit me at all. I just mm-hmm. was 30. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think I'd already done all the things that 30-year-olds were supposed to do right before I'd turned 30. Mm-hmm. And so I was already 30. <coughs> and, uh, I'm going to be honest. I felt better and was probably in better shape than it was 30 than when I was 26 or 27 anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, me I'm at, not really all that mad about it. Yeah, at 30, everything that I – everything that you think of 30-year-olds have, as doing – that I wasn't already doing before I was 30, I don't intend to do, probably. Yeah. So, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. But anyways. You do have a great beard now, though. Oh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. It's a lot of beard. I cut all mine off again because a baby puked in it. I bought a battle belt. That's what... Uh, Is that what I saw a picture of the other day that Brooke yeah. was wearing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, That's what I thought. Every 30-year-old needs one. I don't know why you don't have one. And because I have 12 guitars instead. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can make s- your choices there. You could sell one of those guitars and buy everything that I had on my battle belt. <laughs> but I don't want to sell them. <laughs> like, that's including the $1,200 pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem right now is that the the, the big issue with um, 
uh, us doing a podcast and being brothers and having things that we need to tell each other is we end up getting reminded of things that we should have told each other. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And now we're just annoying people with them. Hey, my bookends came in yesterday. Oh, bookends. Hey. And my, you... my Lord of the Rings bookends. They're pretty fantastic. The, 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 the Lord of the Rings bookends that you use to hold up books? They hold up books? They hold up books. Books like The Case of Charles Dexter Ward? Well, it, they're much thicker, as this was more of a short novella, being only 15,500 words long, but yes. Ah. <laughs> well, speaking of is that... that... Word count? How close does that word count? How close does that word count? Hold on. So did you say 15,500? Uh, I, I, I pulled... That's not, it's very, very wrong. It's much longer than that. I know, but that's, but is that what you said, though? Oh, hey, can we call it dyslexia? Because it's 51,500. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said that was way shorter because this is one of his. This is one of his longer works. Um, yeah, if it's if it's not the, it's, it's one of the. Yeah, it's up there. I think um, this one in Innsmouth. I think no, no, no. Uh, at the Mountains of Madness is the longest. I'm at the Mountains sure. of Madness is is the longest. Um, well, and what's the one whose name that you always remember and I always forget? Um, something something Kadeth. Something 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 Kadeth. Oh, the Dream Quest um, of Unknown Kadeth. The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadeth. Yes, mm-hmm. I remembered it as you were saying it. I'm taking partial yeah. credit. That yeah. one's pretty long too. Actually. You still didn't remember it because it's Kadath. You still. <laughs> I will say Kadath. I will also pronounce Nyarlathotep or Nyarlathotep differently than you do, just because when yeah. I hear you say it, I say it the opposite way. So. Yeah. But the 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 thing is though, you sound like a '90s pedophile getting a job at space camp welcome space cadets welcome space cadets <laughs> today is a naked space jumping <laughs> uh, anyways who's doing the um stupid short synopsis today is it your turn or my turn I'll do i think it. i did the last one yeah Go for I'll, it. I'll, I'll do okay so there's a young uh, man i believe he's 17 years old his name is charles dexter ward and this is his case um uh <clears throat> it starts off realizing that he disappeared and all that was uh, that uh, that was left after he presumably jumped out of his 60-foot window was a cloud of dust. Um, uh, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, nobody liked him because he liked to keep to himself and he was in books and he was a tall, lanky fellow um, uh, and who gave off an air, I believe it said, of, uh, of uh, clumsiness rather than attractiveness. Awkwardness, not clumsiness. Awkwardness rather than attractiveness. Um... Uh, then he was looking around, and he found out that he had an ancestor named Joseph Kerwin, as as it tends to as as like like one does. Um, uh, mm-hmm. you find out that your ancestors aren't who you thought they were. Um, uh, <clears throat> then you then he um uh, looked into Joseph Kerwin, and here's what he found: Joseph Kerwin was uh, involved in the Salem witch trials. And they said, "I'm go- we're going to kill you. And he said, no, you're not. I'm going to leave. And they said, no, you're not. Hey, where'd he go? And um, uh, <clears throat> so they showed up. And he showed up to another place. And then he started up a farm and became a merchant and did all this stuff. And uh, it didn't seem to age much, even though he was you know, almost 100 years old. And then they said, they went up to him and they said, hey, Mr. Kerwin. Aren't you a little young to have lived for a hundred years? And he said, why, yes. Yes, I am. And uh, then they said, hmm, we got to get rid of this guy. And so they, he made a bunch of sailors disappear, and they said, now we definitely got to get rid of this guy. And then there's like, no, no, he's, you know, we, we won't get rid of him. And then uh, he married a girl, 
And the guy who wanted to marry that girl said, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. And so they got rid of that guy. Um, uh, and they went in with a posse, and they went in to take him out. And the, they heard a bunch of noises and saw a bunch of fire, and a little kid saw a red frog going up the stairs. And um, uh, then they, they said, oh, that was freaky. And they said, never speak of this again. So they didn't. Um, uh, and somehow the story got out after no one ever spoke of it again. Uh, hooray. Um, and then that's what happened. And then they, um, uh, 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 he said, and then Charles Dexter Ward said, you know, I think I need to learn more about this Kerwin fellow. So he learned more about the Kerwin fellow. And he said, hmm, you know what? In order to learn more about this Kerwin fellow, I need to go to Europe and see, talk to some of the people that was alive when he was alive. And they said, don't you know that that was 300 years ago? And he said, yep. Um, uh, and I said, okay, carry on. And so he went and talked to those people and found out that uh, the, who they were and went and talked to them. And they found out, ah, here's where here's where the, the burial happened. So he went and did the burial and found some salt. Uh, and so he said, ah, tastes like Kerwin. And so he, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so he raised him uh, using the salts uh, as one does. And then he said, look, we need to, we need to perform the plan. And he said, okay, I'll perform the plan. So he started performing the plan and things got freaky. And so he said, hmm, I don't think I want to perform the plan anymore. And he said, Dr. Willett, I am not going to perform the plan. He said, fantastic. <laughs> and then later on, um, uh, uh, we'll just, we'll just cut to the chase cause there's no mysteries here. You guys know the story. Um, uh, uh, Kerwin said, hey, uh, Charles, are you not going to perform the plan? I said, no, I'm not. He said, okay. And so he choked him and then went out and <laughs> pretended to be him. Uh, but it didn't work out for him very well because he didn't understand the modern world as well as Charles did. And so it, uh, it screwed up his, his plans a little bit. So he kept to himself for, oh, at least a few months. I think it was uh, over a year. But, um, uh. He kept to him. Oh, no, it wasn't quite over a year, was it? But it was at least a few months. And they said, "Hey, you know what? Charles is crazy." And then they said, "Okay, let's lock him up." And they got in there and they said, "You know what? Never mind. Charles may not be crazy." And Doctor Willis said, "Hmm, that's interesting. Let me go in the basement." And he went in the basement and he found a creature, um, something that had been raised by the salts, or something like, or something that had been created somehow. I don't understand that bit. Um, uh, but this is this is the 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 overly short synopsis. Um, uh, and then he called up somebody else from Salts and said, "Hey, who are you?" And the thing said, <laughs> "He said, hmm, let me do the uh, de-summoning ritual." So he did. Um, uh, then he's like, "Hey, wait a minute, I know the de-summoning ritual." So he went in there and they said, "Hey, I'd like to talk to Charles, please." And they said. Charles isn't crazy. And he said, ahem, you mean Charles isn't Charles. They said, what? And he said, carry on, and went inside and did the de-summoning ritual on Joseph, and he poof, into dust. The end. Mm. <clears throat> that overly short synopsis um, is longer than most of ours because this story is actually uh, dense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> My uh, my the the only thing I was um, I don't want to do another one mm -hmm. for the sake of doing a joke, um, but one thing that I thought would have been <laughs> I said if I do it I'm definitely making this joke. <laughs> so look, when everyone hated young Charles Dexter Ward, they hated him because 
like he he knew he was strange and he knew really weird things about the past because he was summoning all these things and no one knew he was summoning these things and he goes I know a lot about the past and they're like oh you mean like your great great grandfather was a uh, was a carpenter goes no my great great grandfather had a cat who had too few whiskers and it was like <laughs> that kind of a thing <laughs> it's one of the weird details of this that the, the, he dives into so much in this story mm-hmm. um, that he doesn't really he doesn't explain a lot of what he alludes to in this story and he lets you kind of make up your own mind which is very um very not like lovecraft usually everything is huge amounts of foreboding and over amounts of explanation once you finally get to the thing mm-hmm. and and this one um i don't know i i, I think this is one of those particular stories that I feel was uh, more heavily influenced by one of his favorite authors, um, which was Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that's who wrote The King in Yellow, um, Robert W. Chambers. And yeah. the, he, he, loves, he loves Robert W. Chambers and alludes to his creation, Haster. I don't want to say his creation, but his, his particular favorite deity to write about because he wrote about him. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you'll see him do homages to his the people that he likes a lot and his favorite authors um speaking and, of and which there's a felt the, more like that type of source structure there there's a reference to uh edgar rice burroughs uh in this book also um uh, one of the guys who infiltrated the Kerwin house uh and fought and did all that one of the, one of the people who who did that was named uh, john carter yes mm-hmm. yes there is um that <clears throat> reference in here um um and then um what the doctor will it Mm-hmm. Um, Will it makes a comment saying like, "Oh yes, my friend talked about this thing." Is um, uh, Randolph Carter? Yes, he talked about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm like, ah, Randolph Carter. Mm-hmm. I know um, the name. Uh, yeah. Great. Oh, and also I have to say this: so this book was written before the other stories, which means that when he wrote the other stories, he used this name on purpose. Like, so this name wasn't a throwback to that name in the other stories. Which means that since this book was since this story was written before the other stories, his use of that name in the other stories was intentional. Knowing that this name existed, then then gave meaning to the name later. So it wasn't like a him referencing his names. Hey, look, everything's connected. He used this name and then later gave that name meaning. Which means that he, I think, he was trying to make a connection here. And so that's the only thing I can think of is that he was actively trying to make a connection here. The yeah, that's pers- the most. No, keep going. I know you're. Yeah, you're keep going. The person who owns the uh, asylum in this book is Doctor Wait. Yes, the, the, <laughs> this is what's really interesting about this story. So you're, mm-hmm. you're making a reference to it being written earlier, mm-hmm. and this is actually one of the stories that wasn't published until after he died. So mm-hmm. no one read this until after he was dead, but and it was written before all these other stories. Mm-hmm. But if you're a big Lovecraft fan, this is like um. This is a well. It's full of Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. L- let's say, um, uh, which is the thing that makes the Lovecraft mythos so cool in general is mm-hmm. that um, if you're reading all of them, all of them have Easter eggs to the other stories, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. Because it's not like you know when someone writes a series, where it's like building and building and building and building. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of things that more or less are standalones. Yeah. Let me, but because um, they're uh, in the same universe, they reference each other. Yeah. Let me add a caveat to what you just said. Caveat. Um. Uh, if you read any of Lovecraft's mythos stories, they all have Easter eggs for each other. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. There are a few, there are a few exceptions that aren't 
direct they're in the mythos in that they're in the same universe but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but like the uh uh uh, like i would say like one that has zero easter eggs i think would i'd say completely like the alchemist you Mm -hmm. know or um uh uh or and then if you get his books that he wrote before he started writing weird stories um uh then uh like uh Oh, crap! I can't think of the the name of it. his the hilarious one. The oh, one that was about so the girl. Funny. Yeah, it was so funny. I wish I could remember the name of it. It's just uh-huh. it's just satire. It's just mm. dripping with satire. It's not like people are like oh this is you can kind of pick up on the nuances. No, it's the most. It's so incredibly sarcastic. It's beautiful. But I can't remember the title of it either right now. Um, but yeah, well, I mean that one is that one is notwithstanding that story that we can't think of the name of. But mm-hmm. like the alchemist, Sweet Ermengarde. Sweet Ermengarde, oh my goodness, it's so funny. Um, but so, like the alchemist, yeah, there's no references to all these other deities or entities and whatever in it. Mm-hmm. But you get the feeling mm-hmm. that it still exists in the world of the rest of the mythos because we're still dealing with magic or whatever. Because the potions, the alchemist found a potion for eternal life, which is how he stayed alive to kill all those people. It's implied that it was alchemy that kept Kerwin alive for so long. So yeah, it's it, there, there, it, it exists in the same universe, mm-hmm. but it doesn't connect in the way that, you know, in, in the same way that this story connects with um, uh, the Whisper in Darkness or mm-hmm. uh, Dreams of the Woodhouse. They're connected in that they're they're more they're more stringently connected, I guess you should say. But technically, they're wrong. I think I'm gonna this pause is. This. I, yeah. Do you have to poop as bad as I do? I do. I've got to poop. <laughs> Can we reconvene in a few minutes while I poop? Yes. Okay, bye. Oh. Whew, that was violent. Indeed. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, Anyways. Uh, other than yeah. that, Bostitch. <clears throat> so here's where the really interesting connection happens between this book, the, this story, <laughs> The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, and things like Dreams in the Witch House. And it goes back to the old... Um, uh, the the old idea of everything we understand is science. Everything we don't understand is magic. The more we understand, the more that becomes science. Until we understand it, we treat it as magic, but it's all science. Mm-hmm. And so there are these spells and incantations that there is a, a scientific exp- explanation for it. The only problem is, is it's an otherworldly scientific explanation. And so it's, you know, it's nothing that the science of our world could ever understand or comprehend. So therefore, it's something that we would always view as magic, but it's still science. It's interesting that you specifically said what makes this different from Dreams in the Witch House. Well, I was saying what, because, what makes it similar because the Dreams of the Witch House oh, is... Oh, what makes it similar. Yes, that's yeah. what I was about to say. I thought you said the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say these those two particular stories um, are the ones that take the greatest strides in trying to say, here are real rational explanations for how we came to this thing. And like like in Dreams of the Witch House, you got here's a dude that essentially went crazy because he figured out how this magic actually works. Mm-hmm. And it um, like, turns out that it's mathematical math. and science. Mm-hmm. It's math. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, math ruins everything. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> oh, and I still shocker. like speaking of how it's actually all science, even though it seems like magic because it's alien science. Aliens. I I have to go back to um uh, just how perfectly it worked out, which you know it wasn't random. He knew that they were about to pretty soon find something. So because he studied, you know, he kept up on astronomy really well because he was so smart. But it still worked out so perfectly that he published a portion um, uh, of yeah he because pu- yeah whisper darkness he pu- he published yes. a portion of it because he put it out in sections and he said that the people from Yugath are going to reveal their planet of Yugath shortly and then like before the next so it was published people read it and then before the next one was published they announced they discovered Pluto and it was it was so fantastic uh, this is when I read Whisper in Darkness and then I think the very first version of it the um, Mm -hmm. uh, the very first time that I read it was actually in a standalone book instead of in like you know a a collected series of works or whatever Uh when you get to the end of it it explains that timing and I just remember thinking, like, how it's so depressing mm-hmm. that he was so um, under-heralded mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Because, I mean, how cool would it be, like, to have been around when, when, when something like this actually happened? You realize, like, I would have gone, I might have actually gone insane. <laughs> it's like, I'm alive when this happens. Like, mm-hmm. well, crap. Well, now we're going to see a bunch of these uh, insect aliens. That's cool. I guess any day now. <laughs> it was beautiful, though. <clears throat> I was like, I would have been, I would have just believed it. Like, this is true. Mm-hmm. This is the case. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it just worked out so well. Um, uh, beautiful timing. Yeah. But, yeah. We, um, uh, we, we have more. We're, we're, I, I love how. Anytime we talk about Lovecraft, we never wind up talking about the story. We wind up just talking about Lovecraft just because it's so interconnected, you know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think people would probably find that annoying, but it's just so much fun to do. Yeah, well, um, actually, um, uh, not to go meta and break the fourth wall here, but uh, our Lovecraft episodes seem to perform the best. Oh, hey. Yeah, Lovecraft and um, Sanderson. Are our best well, then you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Um, for the sake of getting a little bit back on track, mm-hmm. um, because why not? I guess. Yeah. Can't hurt. There, nothing. there are a lot of things um, that aren't very well explained mm-hmm. in this particular story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe since this was an earlier writing than <clears> some of his <throat> other ones. Maybe he was experimenting mm-hmm. with pacing being a little bit differently because obviously this is paced much differently. Because mm-hmm. technically speaking, if you read the first section of the book where we are essentially just learning about Joseph Kerwin, one or two tweaks and that would be a standalone Lovecraft story, a completely believable standalone Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have ended in a very similar way. Like It would have felt very much like... Um, um. Oh, like a horror at Red Hook or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. same style of story mm-hmm. for the same type of reason, and even kind of a same similar following character arc in the way that um, 
you have Kerwin kind of um, um, in parallel with um, <sighs> the corpulent old man. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn it. Yeah, I've also whatever. forgot his name. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. The main, the perceived bad guy of the horror Red Hook, mm-hmm. um, who is not the bad guy of the horror Red Hook. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got a very parallel type of storyline, very parallel type of character it feels a lot like that story, and then it switches to uh, what is for the sake of the writing, modern time, and then the storyline changes into what feels a lot like the Whisper in Darkness. And if mm-hmm. you wonder if maybe this was him experimenting <clears throat> with a different type of pacing, but also since it wasn't published till after his death, what really makes what I'm really wondering is if this wasn't finished. And I say that because Lovecraft isn't exactly wasn't exactly the type of author to leave that many things and uh-huh. that l- level of importance untold so like you have the um essentially the entity that will it um summons kind of by accident well actually 100% by accident mm-hmm. um that ends up really a, we kind of we vaguely understand it's an enemy of the the necromancers from Europe and of um uh, Kerwin Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't kill him and leaves him the, the Latin message. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really get much of an explanation of that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that it really terrifies Kerwin. The fact that he um, did summon him. Yeah. And that it didn't kill him. Uh huh. Um, you don't really get an explanation of the monsters. Uh huh. Because we have real, honest to God, holy crap, look at that, monsters in this story. Mm-hmm. With virtually zero explanation whatsoever. Yeah, so... I mean, you basically get one line from Kerwin going like, ah, oh, they've been there for a while. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh... The monsters that are in there, um, uh... I would imagine it's like uh, some sort of weird, like, amalgamation of salts and human body parts and then combined with, like, creatures. Uh, like, so, it's like, weird combinations of creatures would be my initial guess of what it would be. Um, uh... In the, um, uh, they, they give a a bit more of a description in the Lovecraft the Lovecraft Investigations uh radio show. They uh-huh. give a bit more of a description of that than what you get in this book, and they never nothing's ever said other than the description because a girl goes down there and sees them, and she describes them, and nothing more is said than that. But the way she describes them, and like I said, it, it said that she falls down into the pit with it, and she sees mm-hmm. it, passes out from fear and awe, and then wakes up outside of the pit. Um, uh, and as she's a, and she's more than a little bit crazy for for a bit after that, but the what and and the way she described gave the description of it it's heavily implied that it was supposed to be a shuggath that he was he was trying to make a shuggath and i don't think that's what i don't i don't agree with that yeah yeah i was going to say and by the way i did look into it they only did um mm-hmm. three full stories mm-hmm. um we were talking about that yesterday over yeah. text um mm-hmm. by the way guys i'm going to link uh, you guys got to check it out it's not a perfect uh, adaptation um, uh, it's changed, and some various things have changed. Like, for example, 
I'm not going to go change anything so you don't... I'm not going to say what did happen, because I don't want to give any kind of spoilers or anything, but I will say the first story they go over, they, they find a way of connecting, perfectly connecting uh, the three stories that happened, but in order to make them perfectly connected, they have to change a lot. One of the things that they changed is... um. Uh, uh, is Joseph Kerwin doesn't strangle and kill, um, uh, uh, like, so in Joseph Kerwin doesn't strangle and kill Charles Dexter Ward in that one. He does something different. Um, uh, and then... By the way, when Sean says that one, he's referring to the dramatization. Yeah, the dramatization. say out loud yeah. here in a second. I'm going to connect his thoughts for you. Yeah, and, and it's it's called the I think I already mentioned it. But it's called the Lovecraft Diaries. Um, uh, they only they go over the they go over the three stories of Charles Dexter Ward, uh, Whisper in Darkness, and um, uh, 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 Charles Dexter Ward, Whisper in Darkness, and Shadow over Innsmouth. Um, and they find ways of interconnecting them. You'll see elements from the other stories pulled and brought into it. Um, uh, you'll see things from they take. Store they, they they take features from Dreams in the Witch House and some features from the thing on the doorstep and bring those in and use those to connect the stories even though those stories are never mentioned or even hinted at the there now there is one thing that I will say this they implied um uh, in in season two they accidentally spoiled season or spoiled the fact that there would be a season three. Season two is um uh, uh, was uh, Whisper in Darkness, and in the Whisper in Darkness, uh, a girl goes to a Dunwich in England, and at one point she's talking about looking over this like wow this is the view from Dunwich is what she meant to say, but she accidentally spoiled because I don't think this this could have been on purpose because it's never brought up that she makes this mistake so this mistake had to be had to be accidental. And they had to have just not caught it in editing. And it spoiled the fact that they were doing Shadow over Innsmouth next. She looked over the thing. Instead of saying, this is the view from Dunwich. She said, this is the view from Ipswich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that was intentional. Because it's never, it's never mentioned that she accidentally said Ipswich or that Ipswich is a thing. The town of Ipswich isn't even mentioned in uh, Shadow over Innsmouth. Got him. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> but, but if if you are in fact going to link um, mm-hmm. that podcast, um, I'll do a best to remember. If I if I do it today, I'll link it. If I do it another day and I don't listen to this part of the podcast again in editing, then I won't link it. We'll have to see. We highly recommend you listen. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh goodness gracious! There was we were talking about a thing. Yeah. And we, now I've lost the thing. Yeah, we were talking thing. about um. Uh, uh, who he summoned, which, by the way, I, I think I have a theory on who he summoned. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh one of the um uh, the people I, f- I forget how he does it, but it's it's implied that one of the people they have available to summon, um, uh, is is Benjamin Franklin. It's kind of implied this, and I I want to believe that that's who it was. <laughs> They summoned Benjamin Franklin, and he's the one that went overseas and tells her, we have to stop this guy. And then went overseas and did, and killed that. And it was in the right time frame. You know, this happened in the... the plot twist, the reason why Benjamin Franklin went to Europe um, during the beginning of the war 
for independence mm -hmm. was actually to stop the necromancers in Europe from summoning and creating the end of the world. No, no, yeah, that's though. I actually, I had, I, I do have a legitimate theory. It would be all, I, I, you know, who, it would be great if it was Benjamin Franklin, but there's a legitimate theory that makes more sense on who it was. Um, uh, because who would he have wanted to summon? Uh, yeah, who, who who would he have wanted to summon? I don't think he wanted to summon to get knowledge from him. I think he wanted to summon him to say, look, look at me, look what I've done, ha ha. And who would be that strong of, of an enemy of them that he would say, ah yes, I've been summoned, you need to do this, here's how to do this, take this, take this, do this, and now I must go kill these other necromancers. Um, uh, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that, because um, I think it mentioned that this guy's grave was screwed up. So he would have been uh, ready to be summoned. Uh, I, I would guarantee it was Ezra Whedon. That'd be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. No <clears throat> reason why that can't be a legitimate explanation. Because mm -hmm. I think it, it said something about Ezra Whedon's grave being dug up uh, and his headstone smashed um, uh, by Kerwin after he was resurrected. Why would he be in there other than to get the other than to get get him out and then? Hmm. Burned him to make the salts and then raised him. Um, uh, which, by the way, by the way, it's implied that the uh, that it was not the Providence men who killed Kerwin, and that who whatever it was that he summoned in his final moments is what killed him. When he saw that he was losing, that he summoned moment of desperation. Maybe he summoned something too powerful for him, and then. You know, uh, so I don't know what happened. Then maybe you know what 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 got how how that you know what came of that, but um, uh, and now I would not be in the slightest bit surprised <clears throat> if the second burning thing that spoke a burning creature that came out, and then and that one spoke, said words. I wonder. And 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 maybe maybe there's something that implied this that this couldn't be, but I wonder if he if that burning thing, if one of those wasn't Kerwin, <laughs> like he wasn't like not 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 that Kerwin sent out a burning thing to attack the the villagers. That was right in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, but he, he he so he sent out a burning thing to attack the villagers. Then he's like, oh crap, these guys are gonna get me. So he summons something. That thing lights him on fire, and he ah runs out. Um. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty hilarious to think about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but um, uh, or or the red frog climbing up the the stairs that could be his charred corpse climbing up to get to his climbing up to get into the farmhouse, and he th from there he performed a ritual, and that's how his um, uh, uh, and the painting has to have something to do with his salts. I don't know what, but he found the corpse. He raised the corpse, and then the painting crumbled into dust. I want it could be like a, uh, uh, like a uh, Oscar Wilde situation. I'm sure. I'm sure Lovecraft <laughs> read Wilde. Um, uh, it's I'll like imagine. like his soul was in there somehow, and it was that's how he was able to be like so well preserved, kind of. So like if I summoned you by your salts, then like you were there, and you know whatever, maybe it was a temporary thing or whatever. You're partially summoned. But then if I have a soul that I can put into it, a spirit that goes into it, then it becomes a more permanent deal. Um, uh, and so, because somehow, it was when he summoned Kerwin that the painting crumbled into dust. And that was not a coincidence. 
so I kind of have to assume that it's a like a wild situation here, you know. <clears throat> but I don't know that. But the salts, I don't think this, the painting was the salts, because if so, the dust would have been gone. I think he swept up the dust. So the painting crumbled when the salts were used. And I think that's important. It feels like it should be. Mm -hmm. This is another one of those stories where, like, there's so little explanation of so many different things given. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to speculate about all that crap, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but it's also very annoying. Which the possibility of it being unfinished, I think, is more of a... The... uh, Yeah, the possibility of it being unfinished wasn't so much that there was more afterwards. Because you think of an unfinished book... That means the, the the ending it hasn't come to a full conclusion yet. I, I don't think it was unfinished in that regard. It came to a very clean conclusion. I think mm-hmm. it'd be or or not a clean as clean as you'll get, ever get from Lovecraft. Um, uh, it came to a good conclusion, a, a logical conclusion. I think if it was unfinished, we were missing some middle. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was implying. That's, <clears throat> um, it feels like there should be more explanation even for lovecraft there mm-hmm. there more explanation was needed in there and would have made more sense mm-hmm. yeah i think i think he this was when he was really starting really you know wetting his teeth on the uh wetting your teeth is that a, is that a saying no i don't think so yeah. cutting your teeth cutting his teeth yeah <laughs> wetting your teeth and i was thinking that with an h so like <laughs> take a wetting Hey, then you'll look like sharpening his teeth. Yeah, (laughs) he was cutting his teeth on the extreme horror of the unknown, and he really made it unknown. And there was, you know, it's, you know, it's, yeah, there's, it's good. Like, it's, it's a fantastic story, and even, even how it is, it's, even how it is, it's, it's horrible. So. You know, I'll 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 give him that. Horrible in the like the the real, the the actual sense. <laughs> now, oh, that was a horrible story, but the story it was horrible, but it was yeah. horrible. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a fantastic story, but it was horrible. It was it legitimately was. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I think there was another thought that I've had, but I've I've forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. In addition, I think those are all the things that I was I was wanting to talk about, um, in regards to like the things that go along with it, I mm-hmm. guess. Um. Yeah, I. This one for me is one of, if not the most intriguing. It just <clears throat> for me it is because of the amount of time that he puts into Charles Dexter Ward. I mean, obviously it's about, it's technically about him, but he spends so much time setting up Charles Dexter Ward and giving so much time to letting you see the differences in him and express in a lot of detail the ways in which people were having issues, like, oh, he's changing, he's doing this, he's doing that. It's very strange for Lovecraft. Um... Because if you like take that story and like parallel it to um oh I should have come prepared for this essentially it's the story where the guy creates a machine that allows you to see 
um, different light waves and stuff and then um, has a heart attack when he sees a particular entity and then his friend shoots the machine and because mm-hmm. uh, he died of apoplexy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of the title right now. I wish I could. Yeah, uh, crap. But, um, crap, I don't know. But but you have multiple stories in which you get to see Lovecraft write a character mm-hmm. who has undergone some drastic changes that concern people because of their knowledge of the unknown in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And this is the only one I can think of, or the only one I can give an example of right now, where he takes <clears throat> so much time in... Um, in, in going into the details of the changes in the per, in, in the character, it's another reason why I think this was like you were saying. This is like a cutting your teeth horror story for him, mm-hmm. because it's like he's starting to refine his process of that long drawn out sense of doom, um, that is kind of like goes hand in hand with his stuff. Like it's a slowly building sort of dread that he sets up in his stories. And he's doing it so differently from every other of his well-known stories in this one to the point where it's like you can see it happening. You can see that he's doing it. But if you would have read if you would have read this one before the other ones, I don't know if you would have noticed the difference. But if you read all the really popular, if you read Call of Cthulhu and Dreams of the Witch House and Shadow Over Ends Mouth and then come back and read The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, mm-hmm. you're like, well, this isn't as well written. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also not his formula, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's so interesting to me. This this story was pre New York, wasn't it? I want to say yes, but I mm-hmm. I, I haven't double checked that. Yeah, because we, we we have this very noticeable line where he starts writing, and he 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 wrote, you know, he told stories and wrote a lot even as a child. But he starts like writing and publishing. He's still living in Providence, and then he starts writing. He writes and writes and writes and writes, and then he moves to New York, and the quality of his writing drops while he's in New York but the quality of the theme the quality of the story goes up in New York then he moves back to Providence and the quality of the story stays high and then the quality of the writing goes back up and maybe even possibly above where it was previously so you start off with you know his baseline was Providence and then his New York and like it had a shift so the stories become better the writing becomes worse and then he was back to providence and the writing shoots back up <clears throat> and you you've made this reference before and i think mm-hmm. you've dug into it more than i have so i don't have anything to say about that but it is very interesting because you compared to me um you said like well here's an example here's the story that was written at this time and here's the story that was written at this time mm-hmm Oh, I said that so you would say what are two what, oh, are, what were the oh, two examples you oh. always give you always gave me a particular example yeah so um uh, the examples that I that that, that I have is um uh, uh let's use let's use this one uh cause uh, uh, let's not use this one cause, cause it's unfinished so let's go back to um uh oh I I've forgotten um this one uh, I think was was pre New York, uh, and there was another decent one. Uh, like a lot of the Kadath stuff, the Dream Quest, and the uh, I think Pikmin's model. I think was pre New York. That I, th- I think that was in Providence. He wrote that in Providence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then in New York, he wrote uh, the horror at Red Hook. Uh, the Dunwich horror, I think, may have been a little bit later, but the horror at Red Hook. 
uh, Cool Air, uh, things like that. Those were New York. Like good, good stories, but they weren't really written well. Um, uh, I, I, I want to say, uh, uh, the, uh, Beneath the Tomb of the Pharaohs, Beneath the Tomb of the Pharaohs, or whatever it's called, I can't forget what it's called. It has like two different titles, and I forget which is the correct one. But um, uh, Under the Pyramids and Beneath the Tomb of the Pharaohs, I think, are the two names for it. But that one was written, I think, in New York, but that doesn't really count because he wrote that story for Harry Houdini about Harry Houdini, kind of. Right. Um, uh, so that one doesn't really count. And then Back to Providence, you have At the Mountains of Madness, was written after Return to Providence. Um, uh, uh, Shadow over Innsmouth was written after the Return to Providence, I'm pretty sure. Um... The last book he ever published, and a lot of people don't like it. I love it. Dreams in the Witch House. Oh, um, man. Uh, I don't know how anyone can't love it. That's one of my tops. Yeah, Thing at the Doorstep, Hard to Beat, Whisperer in Darkness. All of those books were written after the return... Stories, I guess, were written after the return to Providence. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. <clears throat> and, and I think it kind of... I never thought about it. I'm not going to act like I had all these great thoughts. <clears throat> there. I never thought about it until you um, brought it up to me. Mm-hmm. Um but it is interesting to think about um, the effect that where he was living had on his mental state and Mm -hmm. his surroundings how much like if you look at his letters that he wrote to people that had to do with his annoyances with where he was and his annoyances with his life they really correspond to different quality levels of writing for him and that's not to be you know it's not shocking I mean that's probably every author ever mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see those parallels as a horror writer yeah in the way in which he was writing horror you see that that's that's the thing um hp uh, <laughs> lovecraft was obviously autistic um uh, and obviously uh was a was a uh uh introvert and so he he loved his close-knit group of friends. He loved going to see them and hanging out with them. He'd spend weeks at a time with them, write them letters, tell funny stories. He was a fantastic joke teller and poem writer. A lot of people don't know that about him. He was he was great in that regard. But he was definitely an introvert and, and, and an autist, and it was he did not like crowds. He did not like lots of people. And he went to New York, and he was and it, it bugged the crap out of him to be around so many people. Um, uh, and of course, then it, it, um, uh, then that, that plays into why some people thought he was racist. He hated being around people. And then he showed up and he sees all these people. Well, the people that are around him are annoying him because there's so many people, but he's not wealthy. He lives in a poor area. So he's around poor people. And who are the poor people? It's black people and immigrants. And so he says, I'm around these Jews and these Polish and these Negroes. And they said, hey, he's racist. No, he just hates people. And those are the people that were around. <laughs> it's like, well, I hate everyone. And here's who's close to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write about it. Mm-hmm. By the way, by the way, they're saying, they're saying he's because he hated all those people, he was racist. And yet the people that he mentioned were New York Jews and New York Poles were two of the big people that he mentioned. <laughs> you know, the white people. <laughs> you know, the whites. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, off subject and no one cares. Mm-hmm. But still. <clears throat> um, Man, I feel like there should be something else to say about that. There's like so much more to say about it. But 
I don't think it's I I don't think we're the ones to say it. Perfect. Okay, guys, remember this. HP uh, Lovecraft Literary Podcast. If you want some people to go in more detail about the stories, HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. Their website, if I if I forget to link it, it's hppodcraft.com. Go there, listen to their Lovecraft stuff. Every time we They're do a fantastic. podcast about a love ta- a, a love tap. <laughs> Every time we do a pod a pod a pod crap. Yeah, that's what we should call our podcast from now on. This is pod crap. But this is pod crap. Every time we do an episode about Lovecraft, after you listen to us, go listen to them about that. They'll go into more detail. We're just rambling about it. They're the ones that go into detail about it. Listen to them. They have some fantastic people on there. Um, uh, one of my favorite homosexuals, uh, Andrew Lehman, he's on there a lot. <clears throat> um. Uh, <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I said he was my, one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're allowed to say anymore. Uh, we're allowed to say whatever we want. If I need to check that box that says E, I'll check it. <laughs> uh, Andrew Lehman, we love you. Mm-hmm. Fantastic man. Keep doing what you're doing. I've yet to join the, the society, and I I, int- I really intend to. I just keep for- I keep forgetting to do it when I have the money. So one if we time, ever join, yeah, if so, they ever join, mm-hmm. they find out what we do. We're getting kicked out. Definitely. So one, seriously, guys, go, you know, go join the HP Lovecraft Historical Society, HPLHS.com. It used to be .org, but I guess they're no longer a nonprofit. Um, uh, like if you like, if, well, if you're making money, yeah, if you can afford to do the thing, um, uh, don't do it if you're in any kind of financial bind. If you have a hundred bucks laying around, go over there, do it one-time payment of a hundred bucks. Support what they do; they're doing a great thing. Uh, they even made an audio book, complete works of H.P. Lovecraft, best audio book in the world. It's beautiful. Um, uh, it is. Uh, worth worth a, worth a listen. Fifty five hours of 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 audio book. Um, uh, yeah, give it a listen. Do what you do. Have fun. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Lehman and Sean Brandy, the two guys, two main guys over there. Uh, they're they're in charge. Uh, yeah, go over there if you can. If you can become a member, go over there and support what they do. They're great. Yes, they've made movies. They're bad, but watch them anyways. <laughs> uh. All right then, uh. Tyler, give us a snippet to leave on. So sometimes I find that if you boil apples 